show of hands, you got out of bed this morning, come on, we celebrate you getting out of bed, come on, we celebrate everything that God does, and God got you out of bed this morning, so we celebrate that today, we'd like to give you a clap of applause, I'm so excited, I tell you what, I can't tell you anything myself this morning, um, we're kind of in a weird season around here, I'm in kind of a weird season, uh, two weeks ago, we had a guest speaker come and speak. So, weird season, like, I've only spoken like twice in the last five weeks, so it's kind of weird uh, for me, for you it might be relieving, I don't know, <laughs> but, um, like, it's just weird, and so, uh, I want to explain to you a little bit why we do that, we do it because we do everything, hopefully we do everything with intention around here, and the intention there is to show you and to teach you that it's not about me. It's not about one person that gets up and speaks. It's always about Jesus and only Jesus. And so we will have people come and speak for him and speak that believe in Jesus. And, and that's the qualification of speaking up here. It's, it's not that you have to be the pastor. And so it's not about me. Uh, and, and it's all about Jesus. And so that's what we're going to be doing today. So we're really happy to be By the way, if you're new here, my name is uh, Adam Carroll, and I am the uh, lead servant here at the Residence, along with my beautiful, funnier wife, Tanya. Uh, she is better than me. She's funnier than me. She's prettier than me. And that's why I married her. Come on, somebody. Also, one thing uh, that I wanted to share with you, and just be real with you a little bit. Uh, this last week, we had scheduled Thank you. 
Today we're in a series called Reply All, and the basis for, the, for the, uh, the, the whole series is we did a survey on Easter Sunday because we realized that's when uh, most of the people come to church on Sunday. Congratulations, you made it to past Easter Sunday. Come on, somebody here in the house, and it's not Easter. I pat you on the back for that. And so uh, we did a survey on Easter Sunday you what you wanted to hear, and so we've been talking about the things that you want to talk about, and so uh, two weeks ago, I talked about how to handle stress, and I realized as soon as I said how to handle stress, some of y'all went, oh, I wish I was here for that. Well, the good news is we recorded it, and it's on our website. You can go to our website, refugeeing.church slash messages, or you can go to our podcast on iTunes, and you can listen to that. Also, uh, the following week, so the Number one, the most asked question was, how do I handle stress? Y'all stressed out. Then we talked last week about difficult people. My wife, again, funnier wife, more attractive wife, talked about how to handle difficult people. And she was highly qualified and she's here for me. So we talked about how to handle difficult people last week. And today we're addressing something that you all wanted to know about the third most asked topic. Let's be honest, not, not everyone in here are parents or parents yet, um, but all y'all have parents, right? So, so we can all relate there. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is I believe that all of us can learn from what I have to say today. Um, regardless of if you want kids or if, or if you have kids, if your kids are old and grown and out of the house, I believe that when we take God's word that it applies to every situation in life, as long as we leave it fine. So we have to apply it in order for it to, to, to fix us. Because it will fix us if we allow it to. And so um, don't tune me out if you don't have kids. I believe with all of our hearts that this is what uh, for, for all of us. Um, I've been a parent for 13 years. Uh, that's not very long. Some of you guys have been parents a lot longer than I have. And because of that, I, I even struggle to think that I'm qualified to, to present this topic. But the fact 
truth of the matter is, is that I'm the one that God has called to give this message, and I'm going to do the best that I can to do it. So, um, what I figured out about parenting in my 13 years is this: it's hard work. It's hard work. Parenting and raising godly kids, raising good godly kids, doesn't happen by accident, but it happens intentionally. Raising good godly kids doesn't happen by accident, but it happens intentionally. Proverbs 24, verse 3 says, A house is built on built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. A house is built by wisdom and becomes strong by good sense. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along with us. If you have your cell phones or your iPads and you have the YouTube or the YouTube Bible app, that's not a Bible app, that's a video channel. If you have your YouVersion Bible app, see, we didn't get the line up. If you have your YouVersion Bible app, you can follow along with us on your uh, I'm just going to let the screen behind me talk because I, I haven't had a chance to talk about it. So, um, there are three types of parenting styles in today's day. Uh, three, three types of parenting styles. Um, and although the names change, the styles are pretty much the same. So I want to give you those three um, parenting styles today. Number one, uh, we have the helicopter parent. This used to be called the authoritarian parent. Um, the helicopter parent is one that hovers over their kids, making sure that they don't make any mistakes for the purpose of protection. They just want to protect their kids. They just want them to do what's right. They just want them to behave or else I'm going to spank your butt. Like, like, they have to, like, you just want to protect them and you just want them to do what's right. And the goal of of a helicopter parent is protection and protecting them and making sure that they obey. Making sure they obey. Then you've got the free-range parent. The free-range parent says, I just want you to like me and I just want you to be who you are and I just want you to be yourself and I just want you to be you and, and I just want you to like me. There's not a lot of parenting going on with the helicopter parent, if you ask me. The free-range parent says, I don't want, I just want to overwhelm you with my love. And I want you to like me. And, and it says that everyone deserves a trophy, that everyone is, is good by nature. 100% of the people in this room were kids at one time. And because you were kids at one time, you know that kids are not good by nature. Kids aren't good. They need some guidance. They need, they need love, but they also need guidance. And I'm not saying that, that helicopter parenting is better than free-range parenting. I'm saying that the third way of parenting is the best way of parenting, which is called biblical parenting. And that's why I want to Because we are at church and because we do talk about Jesus and because we do talk about the Bible, because we're a Christian church, then I will give you the basis of, of biblical parenting today. Biblical parenting says, I'm going to train your heart more than want you to like me or more than want to protect me. I'm going to train your heart 
so that you can thrive in conflict, but so that you can thrive in every other situation that you face. Because biblical parenting is all about training the heart. It doesn't, it's not a based on, on protection. It's not based on you liking me. It's based on training the heart. Because for all of us in this room, 100% of us, God wants one thing from you, your heart. And because I'm not good by nature, I don't know just to give God my heart in my own, in my own understanding. I have to be trained to give God my heart. That's what this, this, that's what this book does. It trains me, it shows me how I have to give God my heart every single day of my life. Every day I get up and I begin by reading this book so that I know I'm giving you God, God, every day I'm giving you my heart. I'm giving you my heart. I'm giving you my heart. And hopefully, hopefully, if I do it right, my kids catch just a little bit of it. So there's a verse in the Bible in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. It's the only verse about Jesus' childhood in all of the scripture. It's the only thing that the Bible says about Jesus' childhood. He, was, he didn't start his ministry until he was 33. At the age of 12, he was lost in the temple. And then we see, and we see in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, it says this about Jesus' childhood. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God, and with all people. What that verse tells us is that when Jesus was a child, he grew in, he grew intellectually, he grew physically, he grew spiritually, and he grew socially. That's what we want for all of our kids. Hopefully that's what we want for all of our kids. We want them to grow intellectually. We want them to grow physically. We want them to grow spiritually, and we want them to grow socially. And so today, we're going to look at these four areas when it comes to our parenting. Is that okay? Can we do that? You with me? You can talk back. You can nod your head. Just let me know you're here so that I don't think that you left. All right? Go. If we're going to raise godly kids, we have to teach them to follow these three things, these four things. Now, I've been a parent for 13 years, but I was a youth pastor for 12. It was almost like... You know, I said, you know what, I've raised everybody else's kids to be teenagers, now it's time to raise my own, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I was I was done with teenagers after 12 years of youth ministry, so welcome back to the other side. And so, um, by the way, I survived being a youth pastor with only getting, like, one locker. Like, that's one of my, that's one of my, like, gold medals as a youth pastor, is a locker. Locker was a devil. You know what a lock-in is? It's when they lock you in a building. Until like three o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning, or whatever, with a bunch of kids. Yeah, that sounds like fun, doesn't it? Who would want to be a youth pastor if they could do that in college? Like, I don't want to be locked in a building with a bunch of kids until seven a.m. Sorry, I'm not bitter about it. So, I have some experience in, in, in working with kids, um, and let me just say that if. If all the kids that I worked with grabbed a hold of these four things, then um, their lives would be a whole lot easier. If I grabbed a hold of these four things, then my life would be a whole lot easier.
to start by looking at wisdom. Wisdom. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says, Fear the Lord is the foundation. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. What is the foundation of wisdom? Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. So the Bible tells us that wisdom is built on the foundation of the fear of God. Fear of the Lord. If you want your kids to be wise, teach them to fear God. If you want your kids to live in wisdom, teach them to fear God. Now, let me explain fear God. Fearing God, fear, fear of the Lord, doesn't mean that we grow up afraid of Him. Some of you grew up fearing your parents because you were afraid of them. You were afraid of what Dad was going to do. It's not about being afraid of God. It's about growing up and respecting and honoring God. And so, um, we're going to talk about, about what that means. There's this old school word to describe fear of the Lord that I think is better than any other word. And the word is reverence. We don't use the word reverence anymore. That's why it's old school. Reverence in the, in the Webster's Dictionary means honor or respect felt or shown. Honor or respect felt or shown. Ladies and gentlemen, our culture has a problem with honor today. We don't now know how to honor each other. We don't know how to honor an office anymore. We don't know how to honor. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the foundation of wisdom. And because of that, we have to get back to honor. Honor is not based on an ultimatum. Honor is based on a status or a position that is given. So how do we teach our kids honor? How do we teach our kids honor? I want to give you three quick things to help you with teaching your kids honor. Number one is language. Language. We say around here that language builds culture. If you want a certain culture, if you want a certain culture, you have to talk about it. It doesn't happen by accident. It happens intentionally. So you have to be careful with the language that you use. If you want your kids to fear God because it's the foundation of the wisdom, then you have to use the words that you use intentionally. Ouch. I don't know about you, but that stepped on my toes. At my house, we teach my kids to say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Not because we're from the South, but because it's respect. At my house, we don't say, oh my God. We don't. Because if we want our kids to fear God, then why are we blaming Him for everything that goes bad? You see, the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from God. When I'm walking around my house and I stub my toe and I say, oh my God, who am I blaming when you stub my toe? So we don't say it. Now, I don't, in public, someone says, oh my God, I'm a bitch. Now, 
But I don't, I don't walk around saying it's not God's fault. But now under my house and under my roof, you better believe it. I protect the name of God in my house. We don't blame him for things that go wrong. So we just, we don't say, oh my God. It's a, it's a Ten Commandments, ladies and gentlemen. I love the message translation on this when it comes to Exodus chapter 20, verse 7 says in the message paraphrase, no using the name of God, your God, in curse or silly banter. God won't put up with irreverent use of his name. Don't just throw it around. There are names of God that the Jews didn't even use in the Old Testament because of the respect of it. your kids that every good and perfect gift comes from God. The second thing that you can do to teach your kids to honor is to honor the God's word as the main aim of living. Accept the Bible as the manual for life. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 through 7. It says this, and you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children and talk about them Our whole kids' ministry is built on this verse. In fact, our middles, which is our two to four-year-olds, they get they get a, a, a placemat that you can take to your dinner table that will talk about what they're talking about in kids' church. And, and so, so it's at the dinner table. And, and we even laminate them so that you can clean them off and you can spill your spaghetti on them and you can do whatever you want. tell you that your kids should choose their gender. Like, like, ladies and gentlemen, your kids need direction. They're not good by nature. I'm, I'm sorry, I know it's unpopular. I'm not up here to be PC today. I'm up here to help you.
third way that you teach them honor is you guard their minds. You guard their minds. In my home, I understand that I am the gatekeeper of my house. Nothing comes into my house without my permission. So I will guard and I will protect it. Even if that means not watching something that I want to watch. What comes into my house is there by my permission. It doesn't matter if my kids sneak it in the house. Guess what? I've given them permission to do it. And when I find out about it, if it's not honoring to God, then guess what? We're going to have a problem. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But I am the gatekeeper of my home. And this last week, I'm just going to be honest with you. As I studied this passage, as I studied this specific message, I went, I went through my social media and I unfollowed some things that I shouldn't be following. Barstool Sports unfollow. Because it, it, it shouldn't be in my house. You are the gatekeeper of your home. second way that Jesus drew is he drew in stature. He drew in stature. Now, stature isn't just physical. Stature is also mature. Maturity. He drew in his maturity. He matured. When I think of this verse, I think of Acts chapter 20, verse 24, and it says this, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. The task Testify to the good news of God's grace. Ladies and gentlemen, I want my kids to run their race well. I want them to run their race to where when they get to heaven someday, that God would look at them and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That doesn't happen by accident. It happens intentionally. It happens with guidance. It happens with training. But if they're going to run their race well. Here's the one thing that they have to do. They have to discover why they were created. They have to discover their purpose. The best gift that I can give Anna and Graham is to help them discover their purpose. Let me say it like this. The best gift that I can give you as your pastor is to help you discover your purpose. That's why we have my refuge. Here's what's great about that sign out there that Jaron talked about in our opening. The sign out there is, is we want you to know God, we want you to live free, we want you to know, we want you to uh, discover your purpose, and we want you to make an impact. But all four of those things, we give you the system in order to accomplish each one of them. We don't, it, it happens by intentionally, not by accident. Knowing God happens intentionally. That's why you're here this morning, because you want to know God. And so to help you know God, I get up here on a stage and I present God's word. We get up here every, Jared's going to get up next week and present God's word. 
to help you know God. Our weekend experiences where we know God. And then we want you to live free. And so to live free, we, we have small groups. That's why we're doing training to train leaders next week to, to train leaders to help them help you live free. We want you to live in freedom. The way you do that is in relationship with each other. When you, when you start to be able to share your secrets and your secrets no longer hold you captive, that's where you find freedom. And then we want you to make an end, or we want you to, uh, to discover your purpose. And so to discover your purpose, we do My Refuge. We're in week two of My Refuge this week. And in week two is where you discover things about you, how you're wired, and, 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 and how like your personality helps you serve in our church. And so we want you to leave an impact on our dream team. We have the, that's why we have the dream team. It's not to set up a big curtain for every week. That's not why we do the dream team. If the dream team were only about curtains, then a whole lot of people join the dream team on Sunday. But it's not about that. It's about you living out the purpose that God has for your life. And if you want what's best for your kids, help them discover their purpose. Their purpose isn't on a ball field. Their worth is not on a ball field. We're on our way home from a, from a baseball game yesterday where Graham's team got bumped 10 to nothing. And I asked him on the way home, worth is on that ball field. He was upset. He was upset about a play that the leg, the, the ball had gone right through his leg and hit him and blocked him right between his legs. And he was mad. And I looked at him and I said, your worth is in that play. Your worth is on the ball field. Where's your worst son? And he got it wrong. He said the church, but it's not the church. I said, why do we go to church? He said, because of Jesus. I said, that's it. Walk in wisdom. Wisdom starts with fearing the Lord. Number three, the third thing that Jesus grew in is he grew in favor with man. Now, I skipped favor with God because I'm saving the best for last, so we'll get to that in a minute. But favor with man, the Bible makes it so easy on us to teach our kids how to talk big with man. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, if you teach your kids this verse, if you teach your kids this verse, then they will thrive when it comes to other human beings. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others better than yourself. If you teach your kids to live out this verse, their lives will be so much easier. Think of other people better than yourself. I get so frustrated because human beings aren't considerate anymore. Teach your kids to be considerate. Teach your kids 
put other people before the, themselves. And so how do we put other people before ourselves? How do we find favor in the man? I've got three things to find for these people. Find favor in the man. Number one is honesty. Keep your kids being honest. God doesn't want you to be perfect. He just wants you to be honest. He doesn't expect you to be perfect. He just wants you to say, I did it. I made a, I'm, I messed up. I made a mistake. And if, if my kids know that they can just be honest with me, then I've gotten a long ways from them. They just know they can be honest with me. And so I've got a story about when I grew up about, about honesty that I want to share with you, but it's going to require an intense amount of vulnerability on my part. It was about the time that I got spanked when I was in the fourth grade at school. That's right, I'm that old that they were spanking kids in school when I was growing up. That would not fly today. Plus, I lived in Kentucky, so, you know. And one day, I was at, home, I was at, I was at school, and my dad would always the day that I actually got spanked at school. You see, what happened was it was bathroom break time, and all the boys had gone to the bathroom. And now, like I said, we lived in Kentucky, and ladies, you're going to have to bear with me for a minute. We don't know anything about long urinals, but we had a long urinal in our boys' bathroom. A community urinal. <laughs> yeah. And so, boys will be boys, and so... I got on one end, and Daniel Souls got on the other end, and we had a pee contest, literally. Streams crossing both ways. One stream happened to go a little further than it was supposed to, right on Daniel Souls' Daniel Souls goes, oh, you peed on me, and he runs to Mrs. Fitzpatrick, and Mrs. Fitzpatrick goes, all the boys in the bathroom, out in the hall, now. And that's how I got my first spanking at school. I peed on Daniel Souls. So, you tell me my wife's funnier than I am. I'll pull out the ping story. I'll cry out loud. So I get home, and my dad picked me up at chorus practice. I was in chorus. My voice has changed a lot since then. Not in chorus anymore. You don't want me to sing anymore. And he picked me up at chorus practice, and I get in the car, and I said, uh, he said, son, how was school today? I said, I got spanked at school. Just like that. 
No, no clowning around this time. And he goes, we'll talk about it home. That was a long car ride. We got home. I told him what happened. I told him I was sorry. And he said, son, all I want you to do is be honest with me. I can see you've learned your lesson. You're not going to get it ten times worse. And I didn't get spanked at home because I was honest. Teach your kids to be honest with you. Because if they're not honest with you, they'll be honest with someone else. Have an open conversation. Teach them respect. Teach them honor. To honor each other, to respect each other. We're not going to talk about that because we talked about it earlier. The fourth thing that Jesus grew in is he grew in favor with God. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the most important task of every parent, that your kids would fall in love and find favor with God. Of all the three, physical stature, or physical stature, intellectual stature. Spiritual stature is the most important thing that they grow in. How do your kids grow in favor with God? Ladies and gentlemen, I want to read a verse in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, and it says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, when then choose this day whom you will serve. Would you Prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or would it be the gods of the Amorites in, the, in whose land you now live? Joshua is saying to the children of Israel, would you rather follow the old gods? You better choose this day who you serve. As for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, our culture is at a point time where we have to choose who we're going to serve. If you want your kids, if you want your family to have favor with God, then you better choose to serve God. Choose this day who you serve. Don't choose feelings. Don't choose political correctness. Don't choose Fox News. Don't choose the Republican Party. Don't choose the Democratic Party. Don't choose based on culture, but choose the living God. And fear Him out of respect and honor. Because He's the only one that has loved any of us so much that He gave up His most prized possession for us to give Him our heart. going to choose to follow God, you're going to have to choose Him when it's hard and when it's easy. In every situation. You see, when all hell breaks loose in your
you're watching. When all hell breaks loose in your kid's life, your kids are watching. When your kids mess up, that is the that is the best time for you to show them exactly what Jesus has done for you. See, my Jesus has shown me unconditional love no matter what I have done. He has shown me love in the... I was, I was dumb. I made some dumb choices. Your kids are going to make dumb choices. Because they're related to you. Know that you know that's true. And in those moments where they make dumb choices, are you going to love them with an iron fist and correct what they do? Are you going to say, oh, it's okay, they just that says, I'm with you, I'm for you, we're going to get past this, this is only a season, I know it hurts right now, but we're going to get through it, I'm mad, but I love you anyway, I'm right here for you, regardless of the matter is, is that's exactly what Jesus does for us. That's exactly what God does for us. He says, I know you've made mistakes, but my son has died in order to replace that mistake by his blood. And the best thing that you can do for your kids is to show them the everlasting love of the, of the, of the God that loves you, that gave him his son Jesus to die in your place. Your kids might deserve death. We all deserve death. But God says, I want to give you life. Would you do me a favor and stand to your feet, bow your heads, close your eyes, stand to your feet. How many of you would say, Pastor Adam, I've made some mistakes in my life. I would say, I've made some mistakes in my life. Everybody, 100%, hands raised. How many of you would say, I have asked Jesus to forgive me of those mistakes? ask Jesus to forgive me of those mistakes. Thank you. Now, if you didn't raise your hand, I want to walk you through a prayer that would help Jesus forgive you of your mistakes. You see, the Bible says that there is a price to be paid for those mistakes. It calls it a wage. It says, 
that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, the mistakes that we pay, that we that we make, have a price to be paid for them. The price is death. But God offers a gift through His only Son Jesus. It's paid for. How many of you would say, Pastor Adam, I've never had my mistakes paid for by Jesus? Would you raise your hand? Thank you. If you raise your hand, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, I want to walk you through a prayer. And then I want to say a prayer of blessing for every family in this room. If you need... God's forgiveness, say this prayer. Let me say, God, it's not this prayer that saves me, but it's the blood of Jesus that saves me. Forgive me for the mistakes that I have made. Forgive me for what I have done and come into my life and to save me so that I can live God, I pray a blessing of favor upon them. Not, not because they deserve it, but because you offer it. God, I, I pray that, that you would provide every need for them. Lord, for those that are, are searching for a home in this season, Lord, I pray that you would provide a home for them. God, for those that are searching for a cure, I pray that you would you would provide a cure for them. For those that are searching for financial like for, for financial success and, and, and for financial freedom, Lord, I pray a, a blessing of financial freedom for them. God, for those that are in trouble, I pray that you would forgive them. That they would find freedom in the forgiveness that you offer. God, I pray a blessing for all the families, Lord, for the parents, Lord. I pray that you would help them to raise their kids, not to follow culture, but to follow Jesus. God, that every kid in the refuge would always know that their worth is found in Jesus. Help us to teach our kids to follow you. Help us to train our kids' hearts so that they would want to give them to you because, God, that is the best place for them to live. I pray for success. And I pray that when the storms come, that we would look to you for our refuge so that we would find our security in you. Because you are the one that holds tomorrow. You are the author and the giver of life. We trust you. It's in Jesus' name. Would you sing this song with us and then we'll be dismissed.